So the 2022 midterms are coming up in these United States. And I have a question for you. Did you ever vote with your parents as a kid? Oh, surely I did. I have very few memories of it, but I do remember going into a high school or elementary school gymnasium. Did it have a curtain? It had curtains and it had these little booths. It it felt like a kind of a, a weighty special moment. I love that. You are listening to Weird Religion. Did you did you vote with your parents as a kid? I did. Yes, my my mother. I don't know where she got this idea, but she implicitly understood that there was, and I'll use a religious studies category for this, that there was a ritual mm-hmm. uh, value mm-hmm. to. Teach, something that she needed to pass on. Mm-hmm. Maybe she took a civics class in high school that taught her that, but she had this idea that it was important for me as a child to see her vote and right. to participate in the process. Right. And so I actually have a lot of childhood memories right. of getting to go to a high school. Um, <laughs> and and yes, it was, it was actually kind of thrilling. A great civic site of like, you go to the high school, but the high school is not a political institution. And yet it is, it's part of a publicly Definitely. funded thing. So you can see how this all, like the public education, the voting, the the, the democracy, it all kind of goes together, right? Yes. And one of the things that um, we practice here in our state, in the great state of Oregon, <laughs> we practice, we have mail-in ballots now. Yeah, yeah. Very and strange, very strange practice. Yeah, I mean, do you, so I, I've been trying to Leads think about- Leads to a lot of fake voting and fra- fraudulent <laughs> behavior. LOL. <laughs> uh, actually- That was one of the allegations in 2020, in case yes, you missed out, yes. is that mail-in voting, voting causes fraud. I think there's no evidence there's that mail-in no voting- And I think a lot of, there's fraud. a lot of evidence to the contrary that it actually is a pretty easy way to track who votes and who doesn't ah, vote. I like it. Um, and I will say that voter, like, voter participation- in this state is pretty high. Oh yeah, because because you don't have to get out of work or go. I t- hot take. I I love the idea. Whoever supports it, I don't care who you are. I love the idea of a national holiday on the voting day. Yes, I do too. That would allow people to vote. Why can't we do that? Um, I I'm in support of it, and so let's just make that decision. Okay. We declare it happened. <laughs> it has. It is now. Yes. Declared. No, I do too. Uh, because we have a lot of federal holidays that I don't totally understand why we need them as holidays. Like, but like George Washington's just, birthday or right, whatever it is. Right. Let's just replace that with with the second Tuesday or the first Tuesday. You, you want to know something about George, George Washington's birthday? He didn't. George Washington didn't even know when his own birthday was because that was in the period where there was a switchover in the calendars to a different calendar. So maybe it was that day. Maybe it was a different day. See, just let's just make voting day the day. Um, <laughs> I know we wouldn't be able to get everyone because there's a lot of jobs where you still have to work. But still, still I think still. yes, yeah. I bring up voting because. This is time for our weird religion midterm hot take. Our midterm extravaganza. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm yes. not sure that that's the right sound effect, but that's one we've got. <laughs> yeah, and to me, I thought that um, just the act of voting, the yes. ritual of voting in and of itself yes. was something that we should talk about as religion scholars because, uh, right. you know, it does. I don't think it gets enough coverage. There's a lot of, like, get out right. the vote type stuff, but just right. the act of it. Well, I want to ask you then, is voting a religious act and how, how, like what makes it religious? Well, I'm going to try to make the case that yes, it is a religious act. If we Ooh. think of it um, as a part of this 
thing, this category that mm-hmm. we um, religion scholars call civil religion. Civil religion, Googling yes, it now. Yes, um, <laughs> <laughs> So I can learn quickly. A kind of dictionary definition. Isn't there a guy named Bella, last name Bella? Yes, Is that the yes, person? Okay, yes. that's, that's all I've got. Take it away. Yes, a dictionary <laughs> definition yeah. is basically these the the values the morals of a nation mm-hmm. um that are expressed in the same way that we think of that we associate with religious bodies uh-huh. that would include big symbols symbols of meaning so for example um the american flag like flag waving or right. whatever kind of flag that you want to wave right um big uh sacred holidays. Right. So the things that we were just talking about, George Washington's mm-hmm. birthday, um, monuments. So mm-hmm. these, these places that are set aside as having special meaning, meaning like, I don't know, the U S Capitol. Um, and that's why I stormed it, <laughs> including, yeah, January 6th, call, call the FBI. Um, <laughs> but also, and this is the thing that I get excited about through rituals. So for example, if you have ever gone to a major league sports game or yep. maybe smaller leagues, minor leagues, sure, um, any league, they almost always start with what really important ritual? My daughter's swim meet. It's this this playing of the uh, start the national anthem. Really? Oh, yep. okay. Yeah, which I was I had, Which I was the announcer for it, and I had to play it as a YouTube video and put it in front of a <laughs> microphone, and you could barely hear it. Oh, no. So there was like a group, like four hundred people standing in silence as someone's iPhone in the corner <laughs> of a of a of a like a, a an aquatic center is playing. <laughs> national oh, that is so funny. It was bad. That sounds like a scene from Napoleon Dynamite. It was bad. It was bad. Um. Yeah. So so I think of I want to I want to say that the act of voting and and there's a lot of important activists who have really, um, I'm, I'm thinking especially of civil rights activists in mm-hmm. the mid 20th century mm-hmm. were keen on, on, um, helping the American public think through this. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, and the vast majority of, of these thinkers, um, had a Christian understanding of democracy right. in the United States as, you know, the right to vote as being a sacred thing. And so the, then the act of voting yep. was sacred and, and in some cases sacrificial oh. uh, because people were literally killed for uh, participating in that. So I think of it as, I, I do think that you can make a case mm-hmm. that, so that the, voting yes. is a form. It's a, if it's not a religious act, it has religiosity. So yeah, it. it sounds like you're saying if civil religion itself is a thing, if that's mm-hmm. a valid concept and you're arguing it is, there's something I, here. I, yeah, I think it is. I mean, even the very, if that's true, then voting is like one of the most important rituals in the civil religion. It's like, this is a thing yeah. that you do along with some of the things. Now, and it, I should say civil religion is like a, like a theoretical construct for right. trying to make sense of how we right. like establish our society and how we right. promote it. I'm not saying like I'm for it. I'm just saying like, oh yeah, looking around, like how do we create right. this world that we're living in? If I were a scholar of of religion and religious studies theory primarily and not biblical studies, and if I knew more, I think one area that I would love to write about and explore is this idea, however distasteful it might seem, and I'm aware of like the kind of hot political opinions around this topic right now with Christian nationalism being a big right, issue. Right. I, I would I would love to explore more about like is it possible to even have what we think of as a nation without a religious basis to it? Now, granted, you right. might be like, oh, this nation it shouldn't or it shouldn't have a Christian religious basis or whatever. That's fine. I mean, that's a separate argument. I'm not even talking about that. 
but I'm talking about the kind of like oomph, the kind of energy that you need to get people rallied around the idea of a nation. Like what kind of funding, what kind of deep resource inside of your heart almost do you have to have to make that work? Right, because certain certain scholars will argue that you don't actually even need a category of God to have civil religion. Oh. You can have, but what you would need would be a myth mm-hmm. that like a, an origin story right. that creates a gathering point. So for example, like the nation of France is famous for claiming to have a secular right. uh, founding identity right. to it, even though like it's a historically Catholic right. nation. But like this idea that there is like a version of France that has these particular values that has mm-hmm. um, that they celebrate and promote. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that I think um, w- when you're talking about the kinds of um, stories that that any like group of people tells about itself, right. um, that f- would I think could easily fall into the category of civil religion. All right, You've and got- what nation doesn't? You've got me convinced. Um, so here we must turn now let's okay with this with this basis and with this tantalizing idea yes tell me tell me what you're seeing in the news with regard to putting on our news news sound effect there tell me what you're seeing in the news regarding the midterms I mean it's such a Uh, blizzard of things so many things okay I'll tell you one thing I'm not seeing do you know what I did in preparation for this what because one of my favorite episodes that we did a while back was an episode about witch talk Oh, I remember it well. Do you the remember? exorcisms. Yes. Yes. So there were a group of uh, of self-professed witches. I believe it's called on, the Hex, if you want to yeah, listen to on it. TikTok. Still fun to listen to. Yes, who were trying to influence the 2020 right. election. Right. And they were putting curses on yep. um, Donald Trump and yep. they were doing all kinds of things. And then Paula White Kane, Paula Kane Paula White. Paula White Kane. Paula White Kane was yes. doing a counter hex in counter the form of the hex. prayer. That was the angels from Africa and South America that were going to come to right. help. Right. And there was so much there. And I thought, I went to a lot of the same content creators that we looked at. Yeah. for 2020 because I was hoping that in 2022 yeah. we would have an update like is there a better hex is there a different right. spell right. etc cetera, etc cetera. I could not find much and I was super sad about that because I thought it would be fun to come up with an update so yeah. I don't know you know I was wondering and I'll put this to you do you think there's something about Donald Trump that sort of encouraged this kind of kind of brought it out a little bit I mean that <laughs> I was, was quite a, the 2020 was quite a circus it was a wild and ride. 2024 is going to be coming up very very soon Yes. Um, yes. We did. Okay. Now th- there was now granted this isn't America, but just yeah. priming the pump. Yeah. There was this election in Brazil in which I think we just found out that the incumbent Bolsonaro, is that his name? Bolsonaro. Yes. Bolsonaro was, um, um, he is, voted out. he lost, but he, now he had very distinct, has very distinct religious ideas. Yes. I wondered, I wanted to put it to you yeah. um, because so just so for those of you who are not familiar, I've been tracking this kind of carefully because it intersects with my research interests, but mm-hmm. the the current president, um, Jair Bolsonaro, is a favorite among the evangelical slash charismatic community in Brazil. Yes. And is also a populist who has said some really kind of out there things, uh, right. kind of far right. right. And so he has been called the the Trump of Brazil. Yes. And uh, I think those two had a lot a, of comparisons. There a lot. Me. There, there are just like so many. And he recently, um, as of like when we're recording this, less mm-hmm. than twenty four hours ago, um, lost to a um, a former president, a leftist former president. Um, and he 
What I'm wondering is, people were really excited about this, and I'm wondering, is this a lagging of the Trump effect, or is this a a predictor of what we can expect in the American midterms? Oh, you mean the the you mean the, the zealous religious person losing? Yeah, I wonder about that because we have a lot of Trump esque candidates, right? And it's been so widely reported. Well, the okay, the one that I know you must know about. And I don't know a lot about this, but it's the it's it's one of the Pennsylvania races. Okay, so I'm talking about I'm talking about Doug Mastriano. Yes, yes, Doug Mastriano. Yes, he is. He's a very he's a he's a, he's into the Trump group. Yes. He's into the Christian nationalism thing. I think yes. very openly running against Josh Shapiro, I believe. Josh Shapiro, yes. who is Jewish and not Christian. Mm-hmm. And who has drawn on his faith in in different ways as well? I just saw an article about that. We can post um, if you want to get in, yeah, get caught up on that whole drama. But like, what's yeah, what's what's the deal with this Mastriano guy? Yeah, this is so fascinating to me because um, I have <laughs> I've written and thought a lot about a certain kind of ritual that Mastriano opened his campaign with, really? um, playing the blowing of the shofar. He did a shofar blowing. Yeah, which nice. I know you know about that. As a Hebrew so, Bible scholar, yeah, and I mean, also the shofar. Here's the thing about the shofar in the Hebrew Bible: quick excursus, it plays almost no role whatsoever. And I mean, it's not that interesting. Like, I mean, yes, there's a war horn shofar. Blow thing. the trumpet in Zion. What it about Gideon? Up, That's the story. Yeah, that, I just that charismatic I, I just, I, I do not see this as a major theme. But I understand why you know you could pick up something like that by way of a kind of cultural appropriation. It's like you do your Christian Passover thing, you get the shofar out, right. you blow the shofar. You know, it's a it's a when you're going to look to the Bible for themes of war and nationalism, you got to look to the Old Testament because that's where it is. You can't right. you're not going to find it with Jesus. Right. Well, I mean, I Testament. think you'd, you'd have to really no. stretch it because you'd have to go to Revelation, and then that's that's yeah. very weird. And yeah, so then I don't not, even know how you yeah, make not that. very nation statey. Revelation's like the least nation statey book you could you could think of, really. Unless you think you're the New Jerusalem, so that's a whole other. But that's in but that's in the hereafter. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's in another time. It gets a lot more confusing, as you can tell, because we're having like a low key <laughs> argument about it. But yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's what a lot of charismatic Christians have done is appropriate yes. stories about the nation of Israel in the Old Testament mm-hmm. uh, slash Hebrew Bible, yep. and have taken up. And I I think it's so fascinating. You can't really predict this stuff because I am familiar with the shofar in charismatic worship services because I grew up in them. And I would have never guessed that that would have been the thing that took off. I mean, you can can see why it it has um, in part because... Charismatics and evangelicals are um, historically quite Zionistic. Right. And so um, you can see, well, there's a fascinating interaction, um, knowing what we know about the context Mm -hmm. of this gubernatorial race, there was um, a, a, Doug Mastriano was asked by an Israeli reporter Uh to respond to some anti-Semitic attacks on his opponent, Josh Shapiro. Right, right. um, And and his association with Gab, this far-right social media site that I don't know actually that much about. I don't know if you know. No, I don't. Okay. Um, So maybe I'll join, but Doug Mastriano's wife. um, Oh boy. You'd have some (laughs) wild reporting to do from that. But uh, Doug Mastriano's wife steps in and says something and here, I'll, I'll play it for you. Okay. I'll play it. Your rivals, Jewish school and previous associations you had with Gab social network. Yeah. So, 
So here you can hear. Well, I would like to make a comment Please. on that. Oh, his quick. wife comes in. Yeah, he kind of like. So she, she steps in. Yeah, I'm going to pause right there. In. Yeah. He's asked it's, a question. It's awkward. It's not what you would expect. So. People are cheering. They like this. I'm just going to say as a family, we, we so much love Israel. In fact, I'm going to say we probably love Israel more than a lot of Jews do. I have to say amen. that because. Okay. And the People are saying right amen, amen in the background. Yeah, so I wanted to invite you to give a little PSA for our listeners who uh, might who might not quite understand okay. the distinction that Doug Mastriano's wife is making here right. about Israel versus Jews. You are a professor of Hebrew right, Bible. Right, 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 right. Please explain to the folks at home. So the term, the word Jew actually is, is not really used very often in the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament. It first comes up really in like the fifth century or afterward um, in like this exilic literature. I think it comes in Ezra or Nehemiah is the first time that technical term Jew is oh, used interesting. in the Bible. Yeah, but you wouldn't call, except from an honorific sense, you wouldn't call all the heroes of the Old Testament, quote unquote, Jews. They're, they're ancient Israelites. Right. But when you get this identity of, of Judaism, this is how a scholar of Judaism would talk about it. Like Judaism is is this is this identity that kind of comes up and, and around this terminology and so on at the exile and afterward. And a lot of the traditions, you know, then come up in the many centuries afterward and so on. But the establishment of the modern state of Israel in the 1940s and its relationship to Judaism is obviously very close in some ways. Right. In the aftermath of the Holocaust, you have, you know, Western support for establishing this homeland, but you have this, you know, almost like eternal conflict baked into the state, which is the idea that who owns the land, you also have other people who are living there and all this kind of stuff. So you can, so for evangelicals today, this love for Israel, which is just equated almost like trans-temporally mm -hmm. outside of time with the Bible and the land of the Bible, which, you know, it overlaps, I guess, on the physical space. But like the modern nation of Israel today is arguably not coterminous with the Israel of the Bible. Well, and also includes people of different ethnicities. Right. Namely, Palestinians right, is, a, right. is, is, is a big source of right. conflict and um, ongoing political... Huge. Right. So right. what the wife... Some of whom are Christians. Some of whom right? are Christians. And that's why even when you talk about someone who's a, a Jewish, as I referred to Josh Sapir as a, a non-Christian Jew, because of course you could be Jewish and Christian as well. Right. There are all kinds right. of ways. But it's I a think... complex identity. So I think what the wife is referring to here is the idea that if you are a modern or a contemporary secular Jew who does not approve of the policies of the state of Israel... And I would also assume like American backing... Or, of, uh, or it's American right, backing. Right. You may, in fact, you, you like you, you may have problems with it. You may love your homeland or your ancestral homeland, but you might not agree with the politics. What she's saying is like she's trying, like she's trying to basically roast those people as being like super progressives and that they hate Israel, and that in fact it is evangelical Christians like herself who in fact love Israel and Jews and not actual Jews or people who live in Israel. Yeah. So like, you know, what what's fascinating to me, because she goes on to say that they've been to Israel several times. And I would assume because for those of you who are not familiar with, there are many, mm -hmm. um, I think mostly American based American funded organizations that take um, tourist trips right. to the Holy land. And, um, and in, and, and people get to explore. And I've heard that some of them are just quite striking and it's, sure, you know, people report life-changing experiences yep. and stuff like that. And um, I think what, I, I often wonder like, how would this sound? Because I am familiar with the 
undertones, overtones of what she is saying. Yeah. And I also know that many charismatics and evangelicals tie the establishment of the, the, na- the modern nation of Israel to the end of time when Jesus will return right. and, and make the world yes. the, new, the yes. new world, the new Jerusalem. And right. so I often wonder, how in the world does this sound to someone who is not familiar with that sort of grand narrative that Mastriano, from the very beginning of his mm-hmm. campaign, is e- evoking or invoking. Right. I mean, it, it would only be utter confusion. But if you're part of this world, though, and if, if you've grown up with these rapture theologies, which I know you and I both have in, in different but overlapping ways, you'd be like, oh, yeah, the idea that the temple has to get going again, ritual must resume in the temple in order right. for, because this is part of the rapture schemes. So that somehow this must happen and so on. And so you can guess that this Mastriano guy is probably deep into this stuff. Well, one thing I want to run by you is, so I'm thinking like, this is, this has very uh, loose associations, I would guess with specific policies in Pennsylvania. Like, I'm not sure that there's any particular um, like legislative, <laughs> you know, aim that right, would be directly right. atta- attached to right, right. Israel yes. as the oh, eschatological. Well, like, yes, but this is, I mean, what has, what has our contemporary politics become, but the, the issues of the campaign and the ways of winning the hearts and minds right. may not be attached to actual policies, but rather very deep seated um, patterns of belief and, and belonging yes. and identity and things like that. Now right? the anti-Jewish, anti-Semitic, um, uh, conversations around Gab that were associated with Mastriano, I get why that has really direct impact. In, yes, that would impact people's lives. In, in Pennsylvania. But I was thinking through like what she, so her response to that mm-hmm. is like, not even, you know, I've, there's a lot of conversation about how politics, politics have been nationalized, like even local campaigns are national. Yep. But that, this is like international cosmic. Yes, it's eternal. <laughs> it has to do with the end of time, the rapture, divine reality. Right. I mean, you're really going deep on that stuff. Yeah, when, in a short can... period of time. You know, in, yeah. in that, you know, 10 seconds or whatever, all of a sudden you're not talking about anti-Semitic, the rise in, in anti-Jewish um, crimes or rhetoric right. or online harassment. Right. Or right. you're all of a sudden you're talking about the end of the world. Well, isn't this, I mean, wasn't Reagan... Ronald Reagan to this kind of stuff too. Yes. Had some, you know, he was into rap. He was maybe dabbled. I don't know how serious, but he dabbled in rapture ideas. Yeah. Certainly was into Israel and this kind of symbolism. I mean, I don't know the long story on that, but this has been a theme. Um, it's fascinating to watch, watch this conversation happen. And I'll be curious to see, you know, if, if Doug Mastriano wins, um, how this, how um, this, that has been such a, key component in mm-hmm. his campaign mm-hmm. will play out. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Well, yeah. I mean, he. I, I think if he wins, he has to deliver on it um, because- And I don't even you know, know how you do that as as governor of, of Pennsylvania, but I'm not from Pennsylvania, I, so- Okay. Speaking of another governor's right. race, the Arizona governor's race, oh, there wow. is a candidate there. Yes. I didn't know, know a lot about until recently named Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake. I have some sound clips for you. These are purely please, for fun. Please. I watched a Carrie Lake um, press co- press conference. She is very fascinating to listen to. I was like, this is a smarter version of Trump. This is like a female Trump character. 
in, in Arizona yes. who's pl- being super combative. Can I pl- I, 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 I grabbed four clips from this that I, I want to play. This Please is from a, a press conference. Th- these are actually, there's really no point to playing these and they're out of context. I just think they're funny. Like it's fun to listen to. Here we go. <laughs> but what I'm trying to tell you is it's a joke what you guys are doing in the news and the world should know. Okay, I just thought that that was funny. Okay, how about this one? And you guys are not serious journalists when you cover this garbage. I'm gonna keep that one as a clip for our show. <laughs> <laughs> we are not serious One of the worst instigators of fake news. I just thought that phrase right there yes, is great. Yes. But this was my favorite one. Shame on you, shame on you for trying to change the election results. I know, Joe, that your eyes hurt over there and you're too cool for school. <laughs> She's talking to her. That is like a that is like her, a insult salad. Who's giving her some side eye? But okay, so Carrie Lake, I was like Surely she's one of these like Christian nationalists, deep Christians. You know what? According to um, basically, according to um, ABC, uh, NBC News. Yes. Most of her friends, I'm quoting from ABC News, most of her friends who spoke independently recalled that she often noted prior to 2015 that she was a Buddhist. Fascinating. But now she identifies as Christian. As a, as a Christian. As a Christian. So I, you know, that, that could all be, that could all be true at the same time. I'm not, I'm not oh, questioning sure, sure, sure. any of those things, but yeah. I thought that that was fascinating. Well, I mean, okay. There's so many subplots to just that one statement that you made. One could be the fluidity of American religious identity. Right. Um, that people are, I think less, um, have less fidelity than maybe pollsters assume to mm. their religious self. Like right. how they, so you could probably be still, still like on the rolls of a Southern Baptist church and also be Buddhist and right, you know, right. like who's to say, so there's that. But also um, I, it, it also kind of um, speaks to the, there, there was a time not very long ago when people thought that evangelical versions of Christianity, cause I've, I've followed her only in the sense that she's collected a constellation of culture war evangelical celebrity types including sean foyt notably mark driscoll which is interesting he's making kind of a sort of a comeback sean is the worship leader guy the music guy that was yeah the let us worship defying the covid stuff got it it. um yeah and then mark driscoll is infamous from the uh, yes if you've not heard of him anywhere else other than the christianity today podcast they did about (laughs) us you know who he is um so she's collected these people around her and i think that if nothing else her her fluidity, her religious fluidity might be a testament to the idea that evangelical identity still has a lot of political like cash value. Oh, completely. And that fluidity, I mean, who is the greatest um, transgressor into that greatly fluid space, but the, the biggest hero of evangelical Christianity who is not identifiably religious at all, namely Donald Trump. Two Corinthians, Donald Trump. Yeah. Right. I mean, just somebody who's like, you know, and has told people privately or, or I think said in an interview, even like he doesn't believe in forgiveness or that he has anything to be forgiven for. Oh, yeah, I mean, if yeah. there's an anti-evangelical message spiritually, <laughs> it would be that, right? Yeah. Especially since a lot of the candidates right now are banking on the evangelical doctrine of forgiveness to make sure that whatever sins that they may have committed no longer, you know, uh, discourage voters from from supporting them. So yeah, that, that is super fascinating to me. I, one of the things that you played, cause I've heard her talk just a couple times and I know, don't know that much about her, but, um, she has, she, I believe she was a, she was on TV before this. She was, was she? Oh yeah. News, she was a news anchor. News anchor? Yes, yeah, yes, that's yes. What I, I think she was she a news a anchor. great news voice. Oh yeah. She it's does. low. Her register is low. It's authoritative. Oh yeah. No, she's fun to listen to. Yeah. And she's, she, I think, you know, she conforms to traditional Western beauty standards. And so she's definitely got like, as Donald Trump would say, she was like made for right straight out of central casting. 
in terms of, you know, this is going to be a major TV personality. Yeah, absolutely. Even if she doesn't win, yeah. this will not be the last thing that we hear from her. She will, she'll be one to, to think and talk about in the month. You guys are not serious journalists when you cover this garbage. I just, I just want to hear that one more time. It feels, author- there's authority I, in that I believe that her. Voice. I'm like, okay, I'm not a serious journalist. <laughs> and we aren't. This has been a production of Weird Religion. A podcast for people who know religion is weird but love it anyway. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Follow us into the ocean. Allow your heart to blossom. Retreat into the gorgeous and haunted forests of your mind. Find us there.